1: The Rays lose to the Marlins 3-0, but that may have been a hangover from the 16-inning, 5-hour and 45-minute game that they won 9-6 in Miami the night before. Several regulars had the day off on Wednesday as part of the shutout. We'll go through a little bit of that crazy game from Tuesday night. And then also the 3-0 shutout. Not a lot happening. The bats are pretty quiet. I think everyone was a little tired from the night before. Rick Stroud finishes up part two of our interview with Booger McFarland, the former Bucks defensive lineman, two-time Super Bowl champion. Today he's going to discuss kind of his, when he went to the Colts and how he helped change the culture there. Talk a little about the Bucks, USF, where they go from here, and kind of how he covers the NFL and how he does his job there. And finally, I had a chance to go to the Rowdies game on Wednesday night, and a record was set there. We'll talk about that. I'm Steve Versnick, filling in for Rick Stroud, who's on a month-long vacation out west. I actually kid, he's going to be back here uh, tomorrow night, actually, on the podcast, assuming uh, flights and everything else goes okay. Before we get into today's show, I want to tell you about a special offer from audible.com. Sign up now. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to Sports Day Tampa Bay, you get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sports day to take advantage of this deal. Audible is owned by Amazon and has more than 180,000 titles to choose from. Plus, you own the books once you've downloaded them. That's audibletrial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So the Rays lose to the Marlins Wednesday 3 nothing to fall in the series two games to one. Bats were pretty silent. A lot of regulars had the day off. That's because it was a wild and crazy game on Tuesday night. As the Rays beat the Marlins 9-6 to in 16 innings, a game that lasted just under six hours. Jesus Sucre pitched in the 16th inning. Vidal Nuno pitched and got the win, but that wasn't the crazy part. He had two hits on the night as a relief pitcher in the American League who never swings a bat. Malik Smith was benched in the fourth inning for missing signs where he broke to second when he had a red light and ended up getting doubled off. Starter Ryan Yarborough was pulled in the fourth inning with the Rays leading 4-0, trying to pile on the lead. They pinch at C.J. Crone for him, who struck out when there was two on. I personally didn't mind the move of... of pulling Yarbrough in that situation. You kind of felt like four runs was not going to be enough to win that game. I questioned whether CJ Crone was the right pinch hitter. You had two on, nobody out. You weren't looking for somebody to run into one and hit a home run, which is what CJ Crone does. I would have rather seen Johnny Field pitch hit there, where you're looking for someone to put the ball in play. You were getting a lot of good contact against the Marlins that night, a lot of balls in play, runners moving. I would have rather seen someone who was more of a contact hitter, not a swing for the fences or nothing guy in CJ Crone, But – be it as it may, the race ended up using 22 players in the game. Jesus Sucre pitched, as I said. Vinal Nuno had two hits. Sergio Romo hit. It was just a really crazy game, and they ended up winning 9-6. to six. In the 16th inning, they were up 9-4 to four when they pitched. Instead of going to Jose Alvarado, they were trying to save him. They pitched Jesus Sucre, who for the third time in his career was pitching. He ended up loading the bases, so then you had to bring Alvarado in. Two runs scored. They ended up winning 9-6. to six. Uh, they make some moves. Austin Pruitt sent down. Vidal Nuno had to go to the disabled list as he pulled his hamstring as he was running to, to first on the second hit he had for the night. So Ryan Weber gets called up from AAA, as does Andrew Kittredge. Both guys have pitched earlier this year. Ryan Weber pitched actually five innings in the game on Wednesday. He's now been sent down. Another pitcher will be called up on Friday. Wilmer Font was transferred to the 60-day disabled list to make room on the 40-man roster for Ryan Weber. That means he cannot come back until August 30th at the earliest now. So the Rays are back to 500 now as they have the day off on Thursday. They'll be in New York on Friday to face the Mets, who are a pretty bad team. They're one of the cellar dwellers in the National League. You hope the Rays can pull at least two out of three in that series uh, to get this road trip evened up as they're now uh, one one of three in Miami. If the Rays want to make a, a, a Push towards a playoff berth. This next month is the time to do it. When only two teams have winning records, the Yankees and the Angels coming forward. You're playing a lot of bad teams like the Mets, the Orioles, the Blue Jays. Uh, it's a time to start racking up a lot of wins. The Wednesday may have been the aberration just because of how that crazy game on Tuesday night was, and then you had a 110 start on Wednesday, so you didn't get a full night's rest either. The game ended about 12:45 at night. And the players then back at the field in the morning. So kind of chalk that one up to uh, one. You had no arms left. In in the bullpen and that, you had to make several moves, but the bats were pretty tired. A lot of regulars out of the lineup. Uh, hopefully the day off on Thursday, you get back to, to business on Friday. Chris Archer, meanwhile, a good rehab start at Class uh, Class A Charlotte through 54 pitches, four no-hit innings. He sounds like he could be activated for a Monday return against the Tigers, although it will be on a limited pitch count, maybe somewhere around 65, 75 pitches, not the 100 he usually tries to go. Meanwhile, on the stadium front, the Rays have now set a Tuesday announcement where they're going to unveil some details of their new stadium, maybe some renderings of what it may look like and some of the aspects of what they see in the new ballpark and some of the financing issues, maybe some of the cost in that. So that'll be on Tuesday, July 10th. The Rays will be making an announcement. That should be something everyone's tuned in for to see uh, exactly what we're looking at and and maybe they have a little more progress on the financial side of it, either from the county or city, uh, but also from some of the businesses and how the Rays 2020 effort is going there in Ebor City so big time announcement for the Rays next Tuesday is their home uh, they'll be in, in the middle of a series with the Tigers at home but just a three-game homestand uh, Monday Tuesday Wednesday next week a couple weeks ago Rick Stroud sat down with former Bucks defensive lineman Booger McFarlane uh, you heard part one of his conversation on Tuesday show well tonight we bring you part two of the conversation Uh, they kind of talk about uh, his time at the Colts and with Tony Dungy and how he helped change that culture there talk about how he covers the NFL and does his job and then we also ask him some questions about the Bucs Jameis Winston and USF Uh, note that this this interview was recorded prior to the Jameis Winston suspension but there is some comments on kind of the investigation in there on that so here is uh, Rick Stroud with Booger McFarlane
0: you made a difference because that defense was really struggling um, particularly against the run and other things, they ha- obviously had a high-powered offense for years. But most of their resources were on that side of the ball, so he didn't get a lot of draft picks. The defense was
2: young. Mm-hmm. It was, it was talented.
0: But yeah, that they were young, and and yet I remember how they turned shortly after you got there, mm-hmm. and. By the time they got played in the Super Bowl, you guys were a pretty formidable bunch.
2: It was, uh, we had to learn how to, how to persevere. Mm-hmm. Because the offense was so high-flying, they always had a lead.
0: And they did have the ball long.
2: Yeah, didn't they? Didn't, you know, you're on the field 25, 30, 40 plays a game, because peyton got the ball 70, 80 plays. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't understand perseverance. They didn't understand how, you know what, there's no, We have to be able to win games, too, because mm-hmm. Peyton always built them out. The offense could always build them out. And uh, one of the first things I did, I asked the guys, I said, "Hey, what do you guys do on Thursday nights? What do you mean? Go home? No, you guys do anything as a team? No. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's all meet up. Like, what's the best restaurant in the town? Saint Elmo. Somebody who's got connection Freeney, call Saint Elmo's, tell me we need a table for twenty five. Entire defense goes to Saint Elmo. What are you talking about? Nothing. So we hang out. <laughs> Let's just enjoy, have some fun." I said, because if I, can't, if I can't trust you and I don't have a rapport with you, then how can I depend on you on Sunday? Off the field. Off the field. Mm-hmm. How can I depend on you on Sunday? I, I, I have to be able to, to do that. And all right, okay. And we just laughed and we joked, and true enough, late in that season, we lost our last four games in a row. Defense played terrible. Tony came, I'll never forget, after the fourth game, the following Monday, Tony came in the meeting room, uh, at press conference. Actually, it was the meeting room first, he went to the press conference, and said, hey guys. Everyone continues to talk about and ask me, what are we gonna change, what are we gonna do? We've lost four in a row, we're now 12-4, and four. what are we gonna do? So we're gonna do our job better. I'm gonna change nothing. That was Tony,
0: you knew that was Tony. Yeah, let's
2: do our job better. We're not changing anything. All of a sudden, you're not going to invent a new defense. Mm -hmm. We're not doing it. We're just going to do our job and do it better. And for us, I I go back to that time where we spent, because we did that four or five Thursday nights during the season. Mm -hmm. So now, when we walk in that defensive meeting room and guys are kind of, you know, guys are looking at each other, there's some tough things said. Mm -hmm. You can receive those tough things because
0: you now have a relationship.
2: You now have a relationship and a rapport with these guys. So when a guy said, hey, man, well, you've you got to do your job better. Because inevitably it it's going to happen in the locker room. Somebody, mm-hmm. You're going to have a little, little conversation, man, such so he's not playing well. But we all know it. so now I can deal with that better. But if there's no relationship, now that turns into a fight. That right. turns into guys being pissed off not wanting to play. But you, that's why you got to build that, that cohesiveness as a team off the field, mm-hmm. away from the helmet, away from the coaches. And that was, that was one of the, the, the things that when I got there, I saw that they didn't have defense, and so I just tried to provide that man. And I played in this defense. I knew what Tony wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew how that it, it's 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 every man has to do their job. Mm-hmm. And so just to bring another voice, because I know he kind of felt like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm up here in Indy, but I'm up in offensive country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need some. I need somebody that speaks my language. And so I was able to provide and bring a little bit of that for him.
0: Did you play three technique for them?
2: I played nose and nose three. Nose and three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they thought I was, like, the second coming of Ted Washington, I was 305. Most of their guys was 265 and 270. Like, man, <laughs> we're going to put the big guy in there. I'm like, I just played, like, I played with Sapp. He was 331 year, 325. Like, yeah.
0: 302 one year? Yeah,
2: 285. I'm like, okay, I'll be the big guy for y'all. There's no problem.
0: What ended your career?
2: I got hurt in Indy in training camp. That's what happened. 07. Mm. And uh, rehab that. Came back, ready to go. I had a couple visits. I had one in New Orleans. I had one in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland offered me a one-year deal for a million bucks. New Orleans uh, said we'll wait and see what Oakland's going to do. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, a million bucks. Go to Oakland. Live live on the other side of the country.
0: You'll spend that just probably living there, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, if if not uh, half of it at least. Yes. Yeah. Taxes playing in California. Like is it really worth it for me to go play the tenth year? Mm-hmm. That would have been year ten to make to bring home 350 grand. Coins. Not worth. I walked away mm-hmm. because I enjoyed a lot of the things that football brought, the relationships, the camaraderie with the guys. We all enjoyed the paycheck, but I I, I wouldn't have played the game for free, and I never loved it that like I'm not Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Like he just couldn't get away from it. Some of these guys can't get away from it. I enjoyed it, hard of it. I wouldn't die for it. I, I, I didn't love it like that. And so mm-hmm. it was easy for me to walk away. Mm-hmm. It was really easy.
0: I think I, I find that <clears throat> that sometimes the great, like the, it's, it should be the opposite. But sometimes the more accomplished the player, they don't know when to leave the party, right?
2: It's not that they don't know when to leave the party. They don't, they don't know how to function without the party.
0: What's on the other side, yeah.
2: You know, some people have to have that feeling of running out that tunnel Mm -hmm. Some people have to have that feeling when you step on that grass and walk across that white line, all eyes on you Mm -hmm. Some people have to have that feeling of playing this game and competing Uh, And everybody does it for different reasons, it's a different feeling, you know Peyton wanted that feeling of being the orchestrator, being the maestro, Mm -hmm. being able to run this show. That was his, like, he had to have that.
0: That was his his drugs, right?
2: Brett Favre was competing. He just wanted to compete at that level so high. Mm -hmm. So we all have different reasons we play. Um, but for me, man, it was just like when you, when you're able to be a part of a group and you accomplish something, Mm -hmm. um, to go through the fires, to go through those workouts. Back then, they were just workouts. Now they came over with the term OTAs. We just, <laughs> you guys had yeah, You not, practiced from February yeah, until. Yeah, yeah. now just, you just, Rob picked the day and you showed up and everybody went to work and, you know, <laughs> we did, it was more physical in March than it was sometimes in in, in, in August. Uh, but that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed just being around the guy. Like that, that was a good part of football, between the money, Making a living that way, being around the guys, you work six months a year,
0: really. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, not a bad way to make a living, man.
0: No, no, and you did very well, and and your career speaks for us. How is covering the NFL? You think for you, you mentioned the continuity, but like you played college ball, covered mm-hmm. college football, and mm-hmm. now now it's the National Football League. Like, there is some carryover, but like what what will be different about scrutinizing guys who are paid now for a living? The one thing I've noticed about you is maybe maybe this is why you've been successful. There's so many players, and I know you're a number of years removed from playing, so most of your teammates are retired now mm-hmm. probably. But even failing that, so many guys are, they, they won't be as critical as maybe as they need to be, or they'll, they'll, they'll tend to not say something that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. That never seems to have been a problem with you. But I would think, though, at the college level, it's different because you're talking about 19- and 20-year-old mm-hmm. kids. Now everyone's a professional. Mm-hmm. So has that changed the game
2: uh, it changes a little bit because you better be right because these professionals have pride. And what will happen is if you say a guy didn't play well and if you say a guy did something and he knows he did, he's a professional, he'll call you out on it. Very rarely you get 17-year-old kids that will call you out on him. The coaches might. Uh, but these, these kids, yeah, they're on social media, but they're not going to call you out. Like, how many times have you heard professional players get to the podium and call out people? Mm. or say xyz because they listen they're, they're prideful they're corporations exactly and so when you talk about a corporation you hurt their brand hiring for your small business if you're not looking
1: for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: You hurt the brand. They're going to want you to make a mistake. So, so you better be right. Um, that'll change. But as far as me being able to say, it's opinion-based. Yeah. I mean, there are some things, if you're going if you, if to say, hey... This guy didn't play well. Well, I'm not going to say that just out of thin air. I'm going to watch the tape and look at it and say he didn't play well. That's my opinion. That's okay. And and I I think it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be easier, but it's just natural for me to do that, man, because that's Rob Marinelli coached me. We walk in a meeting room, first-round pick. I don't give a damn. (laughs) I can care less. Run to the ball. All right. That's how we're going to do this. Okay, great. So Simeon Rice, I don't care how many sacks you got. You gotta to play the to run. So how are we gonna do this. So, one sack, hey, not good enough. Hall of Famer, top three all time, not good enough. So, I, I played for a guy who he ingrained the ability to say, great job, and say, not good enough.
0: And you gotta handle both.
2: And you gotta be able to handle both. And he put his arm around us and told us, told us all.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, some of, the, some of the language that he used on a daily basis. I mean I I, I was a, was a was a noun, like a, a noun that we were supposed to use. Okay, and I'm like, okay, so is, is is this is this how this thing's gonna go? But how I was raised in football allows me to to scrutinize and be critical of people how they play. Yeah. Um, because everybody's not great. Well, well every every play is not great. And I think that's been some of the issues with not just that's the problem with some broadcast now. Everybody's great. It managed to, he's the best out there. That's For a everybody.
0: criticism of John Gruden, your former coach.
2: Everybody's not great. John is tremendous. John did a phenomenal job Monday Night Football, and I think he'll be very successful coming back this year. Um, but I think we all, we all knew, or we all understand John, at some point, wanted to coach again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you want to do that, there's some things, there's some byproducts of that.
0: Yeah. Um, couple more things and I'll let you go I, I, I really appreciate the time I wanted to, uh, to ask you are you ready for the scrutiny I mean how do you, you you've been a professional athlete mm. you were supposed to be the next Warren Sapp when you played with Warren mm. Sapp you've already been through a lot of stories that started with Booger McFarlane is or isn't mm. will that ground you for, the, for what's about to come um. because everybody has an opinion about it well,
2: yeah everybody has an opinion, opinion. Um, I, I think what you have to do is the same, it's, it's very similar to what I did with football is you have to have a, a group of people, and in football it was Marinelli, it was Monty, it was Rod. I mean, it was Tony. You have to have a group of people whose opinion matters.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's what ultimately you have to you have to base your performance. Put weight on, on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there'll be I mean there are people paid now to scrutinize my job.
0: That's all they're paid to do.
2: That's all they're paid to do. That's that's it. College football is not the case. Like people don't care about, hey, who's, the, who's on the desk on such and such. But now, there are people paid to scrutinize the top media positions in this country. And that'll be different. But their opinion, although we all like to be liked, we all like positive reviews, um, I'll base my performance and, and the way I go about my job, uh, first on how I feel, and two on the people that matter, which are, um, some will be fans and some will be the bosses because ultimately I'm in a business of a, I'm in a consumer business mm-hmm. so no matter no matter how great my bosses feel how great or bad if the consumer doesn't like the product then they're not going to buy it mm-hmm. and so I think we live in a, a, a business that's based on ratings based on and obviously if we go back we have to get good games
0: yeah there's only so much of the ratings you can actually control correct yeah.
2: but once you get a good game Rams Raiders week one yeah, you got to perform. You know, you, you got to make the broadcast enjoyable to watch.
0: And yet, I know that you know this. Your first day of radio wasn't as good as your last day, and your first day on college game day wasn't as good as your last day.
2: It's, it's not going to be. But what you what you hope to gain over the years is that that first day, last day, should the bar should be raised a little bit. So, so the first day of being on in radio in temp with Todd Wright listening to him talking to himself for an hour and a half. <laughs> that first day should be different than the first day on Monday Night Football. You know? Because
0: obviously. of all your experience. Right? Yeah,
2: because of the experience, 10 years later.
0: Couple just fast topics, uh, just your opinion on this. Um, and this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, the, uh, let's just, in no particular order, USF football. Mm-hmm. What, are they, what do they, can they become um, with Charlie Strong the uh, the new AD now? Are they ever, do they have to become a top five program? What's the future you think? For them?
2: There's no reason that USF can't do what UCF did. Um, a couple of things that they have to do, and Willie Taggart started it, which was you have to have a, a recruiting base. And when you're in Florida, you have, you, you have one. You're never going to beat Ohio State, Alabama, and those guys mm-hmm. for five and four-star guys. But you better be able to get the three and two star uh, guys and develop them in the area. You got to keep Louisville out of here, NC State out of here. You got to keep um, Tulane, like you got to keep those mid tier schools out of Central Florida. If you can do that, then I think USF can be, I mean, from a side standpoint, it's the biggest, correct? It's the biggest school in the state, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. There. So you have.
0: Resources. You have resources, but not a long alum, not not an alumni that's steeped in football tradition. In other words, I seventy five was full of Gator fans every week. But in Tampa, mm-hmm. who's coming to see you?
2: It is, but there's enough Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Manatee. There, there's enough in there. There's enough football players there. Yeah. Where you can get fifteen a year, fifteen to seventeen a year. Yeah. And you can find a kid that wants has been meaning he wants to come to Florida so bad. Bring him in Tampa. Yeah. Because if you look at LSU, like LSU gets kids out of Texas all year because kids want to leave Texas and go somewhere else. Like there are kids that want to leave Mississippi or leave Georgia. Bring them to Florida. Like you've got to be able to get those kids. And I think it, it ultimately comes down to recruiting. Mm-hmm. The kid, Blake Barnett, it's going to be USF's quarterback this year, I think.
0: From Arkansas? Is no, uh, Alabama. Alabama, I saying, yeah, yeah, that's
2: going to be their quarterback. There's a five-star guy at, at USF. He's got talent. Alabama wanted him. So now you, you got to get guys like that, mm-hmm. and you got to get them in your program. I think they'll be fine.
0: Um, the Bucks as a team, mm-hmm. um, what's their future, you think? Where are they at?
2: Uh, the Bucks are a crossroads, because I, I think they've made some bad personnel moves. Um, I think Jason Light will tell you. He's tried to rectify that by building up the offensive and defensive line this year. Last couple of years, I think he failed at that. Some of that's not his own fault with the health of some guys. Uh, and I think the franchise has been been snakebitten a little bit. You go back to Carl Nicks, uh, paid him a lot of money, told never really performed. J.R. Squeeze a lot of money to back, so they've been kind of snakebitten a little bit. Ultimately, the success of this franchise is going to depend on one thing, and that's James Winston. Number three. It's going to depend on
0: him. He's such a, uh, uh, and we don't know as we sit here what's going to happen with with whatever uh, investigation and the outcome of that, but. Um, what do you make of Jameis Winston? On the one hand, he has shown signs of being that guy, right? And mm-hmm. put up big numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's won 18 games in three years. Mm-hmm. And at what point does, does the winning have to be the measure of the quarterback, even though it's a team sport?
2: Um, I think winning is a factor, but I would add another word. So he's got to play winning football, all right? Wins and losses can't be stuck on a quarterback. It's got to be—it's got to be winning football. He's got to put himself in a position where his team can win. Because if he goes out and he walks off the field, and you know his team is up and it's late fourth quarter, and the defense has got to make a stop and they don't, that's not on him. So he's got to play winning football, meaning he needs probably a three-to-one turnover, uh, TD to interception ratio. I, I think the best quarterbacks in the league are three, three and a half to one. Uh, in this day and age, with the, the way the game's officiated. 65% completion, 60 to 65 is pretty much, like he's that, that's that's normal he's now. He's kind of there now. Yeah, that's what that's where he needs to be, 60 to 65. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's got to understand how to be a leader. To me, his, his, his next step has nothing to do with, with the physical tools. Mm-hmm. I think the physical tools will happen, like this is natural, like you, you continue to get better. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a leader so bad. You know, I go back to New Orleans, the licking the fingers and all that. That's manufacturing. At some point, he thought about, hey, this is what I'm going to do. No. The best leaders I've been around, they never tried to lead. All they tried to do is be themselves. And their work ethic and their ability to go above and beyond what everybody else did showed.
0: But he, he is himself. It includes a little bit of this rah-rah, wide open, let's yes, go. And,
2: and that needs to – got to understand how to, how to temper I'm not saying be somebody different because Tom Brady's always getting fired people. He's over there head and So th- th- there's always going to be some of that. But how do you...
0: Don't manufacture it.
2: Don't manufacture it. And the greatest... If you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, they, they all have a similar look. I'm not saying that... You know, I'm talking about physical, how they carry themselves. You know, they step to the press, they step to the podium, they look a certain way. You see them in public, they look a certain way. You listen to them talk, they talk a certain way. The way they lead. All right. There's the way they dress, mm-hmm. the situation they do or do or do not get themselves into. Off the field. Off the field. Mm-hmm. There's a certain way you got to carry yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and that's just, I man. If you look at them all, like just look at the ones that are successful. They all go about it the same. They they go about it the same way. They they take the heat when they're not supposed to take it. They take the success probably when they're not supposed to take it. But they understand that's how you lead. He's got to learn. How to it's what he's got to learn really simple. Less is more. Less of the rah-rah manufacture. Like lead that to McCoy. Leave that to hey, be the quarterback. It's a natural leadership position. Anyway. You touch the ball every play. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, it's there. You don't have to manufacture it. He learns that. I think this team will take the next step. And
0: he's going in his fourth year, so you allow for him to grow that way? I mean, it, it, he's going up against guys in his own division that have got eminently more experience. In yeah, but
2: he's not he, – he doesn't have to compete against them. He's got to compete. He's going to be judged against them, but he doesn't have to compete against them. Mm-hmm. And so th- I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. He's got to come at his own pace. He's the youngest guy of all those guys. Yeah. He's, what, 24? Yeah. I mean, Breeze is 38. Matt Ryan's in his 30s. 30. Cam Newton is getting yeah. ready to be 30, yeah. if he's not already. So he's 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 a young guy. Be, it's okay to be young. We understand you're younger, mm-hmm. but there's also when you're young, there's got to be an upside, and you you got to show me that upside. Mm-hmm. Show me that upside by continuing to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, because if he was in the same position at 32, they'd be ready to move on. But the reason that we we are still here is because you're 24. Because mm-hmm. we know what's coming. Mm-hmm. We, you just got to show us that you know how to get there.
1: So Rick Stroud will return from his month-long vacation out west on tomorrow's episode, so I'm sure we'll get into a lot more about the Jameis Winston suspension, kind of his thoughts on his conversation with Booger McFarlane, and kind of everything that's gone on for the last two weeks uh, as Rick has been uh, taking some well-deserved time off before training camp gets underway just in a couple weeks here, amazingly. Before we wrap it up, I want to talk about the Rowdies game on Wednesday night. I had a chance to uh, take my family there on the 4th of July. First time I've been to a Rowdies game, uh, to be honest. And I know that uh, Brett is a longtime listener of this podcast and has asked if we're ever going to cover the Rowdies. And to be honest, I I personally am a soccer fan, but I'm not a huge soccer fan. I don't follow it every day. I enjoy watching it. The World Cup is, I I love watching the World Cup and I do that every four years, of course. And I'll catch some games on TV, whether MLS or English Premier League or other, you know, some, uh, especially in the after i love catching the uh, uh the bundesliga and some other leagues that'll be carried on on that on cable television uh but i'm not i don't know the game in depth in in, in that but uh wednesday night georgie Ristoff set the rowdy scoring record his 58th goal it was a beautiful goal uh the goalie uh kicked the ball forward Georgie beat the defender to it and just lobbed it right over the goalie's head who was you know sitting out at the 18 yard mark of the box uh, beautiful goal to set the record uh, one uh, he can be proud of the Rowdies were proud of the fans were, went uh, crazy for that as they should and, and um, as I said my first time going to the Rowdies game what a great experience um, I know I loved it my boys loved it um, it was a good time and, and well done by the Rowdies they won three to one they had a little rain delay uh, in the middle of the game as Lightning was nearby. But they ended up winning the game 3-1, to one. so three points for them in the standings as they beat Toronto. So, uh, But just a cool moment to see Georgie Ristoff set the record there thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we thank you for subscribing and love to hear your feedback. You can do that. Uh, you can email Rick at rstroud at Tampa Bay.com, or you could reach us via Twitter uh, at NFL Stroud is Rick's Twitter handle. Uh, the shows is at sports day TB, and uh, you can get the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. radio, just hit the subscribe button. It'll download to your mobile device every day. Automatically. You don't have to think about it. and then you can play it whenever you're ready. Uh, and if you could tell a friend about that or to leave comments on the podcast we love that as well again thank you so much for listening Rick Stroud should be back on tomorrow's podcast we'll hear all about his vacation out west and uh, all the news that's broke since of course he did a couple special shows out west about Jameis Winston suspension and I'm sure we'll talk more about that tomorrow night we'll talk about the Rays who are at 500 as they are in New York for a series against the Mets talk about the stadium issues and the Lightning's moves and non-moves this offseason so far as Tom Jones column in the Tampa times today about uh, the lightning summer may be done and that's okay. As of course they have a team built to win. Uh, maybe you don't need to make a lot of changes, even though some have been pushing for some. I thought we'd see a little more than we have up to this point. but uh, you know you can put your trust in Steve Eiserman as they say, and uh, he's done so well so far, so we'll see how that goes. So again, thanks for listening. We will talk to you on Friday as Rick Stroud returns.
0: Planning for your next trip.